welcome to eChat. I'm so glad that you have joined us tonight and we want you to just gather around and we want you to interact with us in this special format. We have two special guests tonight that we're gonna introduce to you in just a moment. But before we do, let me just say how uh, thankful I am for the church and for this beautiful day, Pentecost Sunday, that we celebrate the presence of God. And uh, when we were in service this morning and our praise singers were singing about walking in the light, I was so thankful for the body of Christ and so thankful for this light that God has given us. But you know, part of what we have learned through this pandemic is how we can be a witness even through social media and uh, even through uh, you know online broadcasting. So uh, this Sunday night format, uh, eChat is meant to be informative and inspirational and also interactive. So if you have any questions, uh, we want you to submit your questions and uh, we'll try to address those questions as best we can. This week we're focusing on uh, ministering to our youth and uh, this is a special night when we wanna to talk to uh, two individuals that I think can give us really some good insight on how we as the church can respond to some of the social crises that we see that our nation is facing, especially as we see it being played out uh, with what happened to uh, George Floyd up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we're gonna talk a little bit about this because these are very trying times for us as a people, as a nation. And first of all, let me, um, let me just uh, introduce to you uh, two of our guests. We're very happy to have with us uh, Pastor Tom Andrews, who pastors Calvary Church in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. It has two campuses, one in the city of Bloomington and one in uh, the city of Savage. And this church, Calvary Church, has a very unique mission and uh, even had a very uh, unique connection uh, to uh, George Floyd and some of the uh, friends that were a part of this mission. And uh, Brother uh, Tom Andrews is going to be uh, talking about that uh, in just a moment. So, uh, Brother Andrews, let me just start with you. Uh, how are you doing? Is everybody okay there in uh, Minneapolis area? Yeah, everybody's doing great. Uh, we were we were so thrilled. This was our first service back uh, where we're meeting um, public. We're at just 25% capacity, but uh, it was so awesome uh, to see. Uh, so many of uh, our church members uh, coming back and, and just just uh, seeing them in person, face to face. It was great. And I'm so thankful that our governor uh, decided to open up our churches on Pentecost Sunday. I mean, I really appreciate that. That was great. Uh, I'm sure it had nothing to do with being Pentecost Sunday. But I, anyway, I, I just want to say it was great to uh, be able to come back for that special day. Awesome. And we're also very happy to have evangelist Mike Easter with with us uh, from Newport News, Virginia. Of course, Brother Easter is an evangelist that um, many of us are familiar with. He's one of our favorites down here in uh, East Wind, Pentecostal in Palm Bay, Florida. And uh, Brother Easter, we love you, appreciate your ministry, and uh, we're so glad that you have joined us tonight. Are you and your family and everyone doing well? Yep, we're doing, we're doing pretty good by the grace of God. Uh, my wife and my son have been steady working but um, I, I've been uh, homeward bound for going on three months. And as, uh, it's, it's very, very new to me. This whole situation is new to me, but, but God is moving and God is aware of everything that's going on. So we are blessed and we are anticipating great things coming. Amen. Uh, Brother uh, Tom 
Andrews, let me uh, start with you. Tell us a little bit about what you've told me about how your uh, church was very uniquely uh, connected to this mission uh, that was going in, uh, going forth in Minneapolis and, and how that related to uh, Maurice and, uh, and George Floyd. Sure. Sure. We, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, when they, we, they read uh, the stories that are taking place in the paper and, and uh, you know, they try to imagine how something, you know, like this could possibly happen. Um, one, one question that I think comes up a lot of times, people want to know, you know, where was, where was God during this? You know, I mean, what was, was God even aware, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes when we see these injustices, well, you know, uh, I'll just share something that, that I think, uh, would give a little insight. Uh, of course, there's no way we can totally understand how God works and, and his plans for different individuals, but I'm thankful that God is always reaching. Um, we, we have a really uh, special uh, relationship with a pastor who, uh, he, he's a pastor in Houston, Texas, and he's in a, an area of Houston that is a very, very rough area, and uh, it, it's known for uh, high crime, high drugs, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of things. Um, it, it's just kind of considered the worst part of town, to be honest, and he has a church right there, and he has an incredible uh, ministry. And this pastor has such a burden uh, for those that have become uh, addicted. And, uh, you know, there's something about addiction that, that, that there are people that are addicted today that they want to be free. They really are tired of, of, of just being a slave. And, you know, he, he, he has the, the ministry of going to these people and, and offering hope. And, and of course, he's an apostolic pastor and, and he, he takes his Bible and, and any chance he can get, he'll, he'll witness. Well, oftentimes when he, he comes in, in contact with someone, uh, he'll, he'll just, uh, and, and he's, he shared with us his approach and he'll, he'll basically come down to, are, are you, are you ready to change your life? You know, uh, are you, are you ready for something better? You know? And of course, uh, oftentimes people are ready. They, they just don't have much hope. And so he has a plan and here's the, here's his plan. Uh, he has uh, made a connection with our church, and he also um, has a knowledge of the treatment centers that are here in Minneapolis, which our, our area of the country is known for uh, a lot of treatment centers and, and, and great social programs. So he knows that he can, he can put them on a bus and get them to Minneapolis, and there's a good chance uh, that, that they're going to, they're going to get the, at least the first step taken care of. And that's what he does. He gives them a bus ticket. And along with that bus ticket though, uh, he gives them very important instructions. And he says, you know, once you get there, I want you to immediately get into treatment. And the minute that you get out of treatment, he, he, he gives them our phone number. Uh, actually one of our campus uh, pastors, he gives them Gideon's phone number. And he says, you got to call Gideon as soon as you get out. And, um, and so oftentimes we'll get a phone call and, and it'll be somebody that we've never met. We don't know them. We don't know anything about their story and Gideon will, will drive out, uh, and meet them, get to know them, uh, invite them to church. But, but the pastor from Houston, he tells them now the treatment's good and, and, and you're going to need that. But, but he tells them up front, if you don't get in a church where they believe in the baptism of the Holy ghost, 
if you don't get in a church where you can get baptized in Jesus name, he said, you know, I, I can't promise you anything, but if you'll just, if you'll just follow those instructions, contact Calvary church, get, get, get connected, start going to church. He said, you know, we'll, we believe that, that, that you can turn your life around. Well, uh, that's been over 10 years ago. And I, I can tell you countless men uh, that, that have come to our church uh, through treatment after being given a bus ticket uh, by this pastor, uh, this amazing pastor in Texas. Um, I, I can tell you men that, 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 that they've become like family. Um, they, they just, they, they're just, they're just amazing people. Um, I, I just, my mind is flooded right now with, with just, just thoughts. Some of them I've done weddings for them. Um, but we've seen them come to God, pray, repent, be baptized, filled with the Holy ghost. And, um, I can tell you this, that George Floyd, who we, we all have been, uh, thinking about talking about, he was one of those men that the pastor in Houston found and put him on a bus and sent him uh, to Minneapolis, not just for the treatment, but, but so that he could uh, be born again. Now, um, I don't know all of the story uh, since treatment or, or even since he got off the bus, but I do know uh, the pastor remembers him very well. He said it was about three years ago. Uh, that he sent him up and uh, said he was not a violent man by any stretch. Um, and anyway, it's just interesting uh, because, you know, he never made a contact with us, but, you know, I just listening to some of the interviews and different things uh, from his girlfriend. And it just really seemed to me um, that a lot of people that knew him uh, knew that he, 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 he loved the word of God was one of the things he said, he loved scripture and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know much, but I know this, that, that God had a plan for, for, for George Floyd and God was using a pastor in, in Houston, Texas. Now I, I know a lot of times when, when these individuals will come up and, and, you know, from, from Texas, go to treatment, they'll get connected with another church. I, I'm kind of assuming maybe that may have been the case. I don't know, but, but either way, it just, um, it was amazing to me uh, to know that 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 God was was working in in George's life, uh, and and knew where he was. Sent an apostolic pastor and preacher uh, with the right message, Amen. To to help him, and and I just think that's a, that's a great thing. Now, interestingly, uh, one of our 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 church our church treasurer, uh, she actually is a charge nurse at Hennepin County, and. Uh, she was with, she was on the team. They brought, when they brought him in that night, uh, trying to, to save his life. Um, it's, it's been, it's been very, uh, sobering. Uh, it's been, it's been very difficult. Um, but just having that little, that little piece of information, um, to me is encouraging to know that God is reaching, you know, he's reaching for people. He's reaching through the church you know, we're his hands and his feet. And, and I'm just, I'm just glad to know, even though I don't know the whole story, I'm, I'm at least glad to know that, that God, uh, uh, used, used a pastor in Texas to reach out and, and give hope. So thankful for that. Now, 
uh, Tom, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Maurice, the, his friend that was with him that night, um, is is a person who goes to your church on a regular basis. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what that's what uh, we understand. Um, and and it he was he was there with him. And uh, yes, Maurice is one of the ones that also uh, has been sent up uh, from Texas. I, I can't tell you. I wish I I wish I had some kind of a record. Uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's probably over 25 or 30 um, uh, people that we have come in contact with. We've been able to, to witness to, to pray with um, and, and uh, see filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, some of them, some of them, uh, some of them stick. Uh, some of them stay for quite a while. Um, and then, you know, life, their life changes and they have to move or whatever. But we're just thankful to be uh, to be there, you know, uh, to give them that, that foundation. And obviously we're thankful that God's reaching and filling people with the Holy ghost. But yes, he was with, uh, the way I understand it. Uh, he was with Maurice who, who regularly attends our church. Um, and, uh, obviously there's a, a lot of the guys there that are still connected and, um, just pray for them, pray for them. Do you still, um, Pastor, do you still have uh, individuals from this program that attend your church? I know some of go back to Houston, others get connected with other churches and whatnot, but do you still have some of the uh, people that have been a part of this referral program, as it were, from the pastor in Houston, Texas, that, that uh, are still a part of your church? You know, Pastor Myers, there's, uh, there's definitely some people that have been connected to that ministry. Um, that we know are still serving God today. What happens is a lot of times um, uh, when, when they come, the, the amazing thing is, is we don't have to, we don't have to beg them to come to church. They don't miss church. Right. I mean, they're there. They're, they're like, could you have more church, please? We would like more church. And, 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 and they get connected. And, and just what happens is because of, you know, housing and, and I mean, some of them have had just some miraculous testimonies of God providing housing near the church and, and, and things. Um, I, I would have to say, you know, obviously with us getting back, uh, coming back to church now after going through this uh, coronavirus thing, um, I could not tell you uh, one person right off the top of my head that, that right now is in the church, attending our local church. But um, I can tell you there are, there are many that are still serving God today in other places. Maybe they have to move, go back with family. Some of them actually go back to Texas and, uh, and they keep in touch. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite amazing. I, I can't say enough about this pastor. Um, what a ministry. What a I mean, you know, because really there's no way there's no way we could have the contacts, you know, that, that we're getting. I mean, as a pastor who, who wants, you know, we want in a church, we want to see people uh, saved. You know, sometimes it's hard to get to that first base. But but here's a pastor that's that's partnered with us. And um, and, and it just it gives us a great opportunity to, you know, to touch people's lives. Well, we're talking with Pastor uh, Tom Andrews and Evangelist Mike Easter, and we're talking uh, tonight about the situation in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, with uh, this individual, uh, George Floyd, uh, who was killed, and uh, his contact and the ministry that he was a part of uh, with that mission there in Minneapolis and the way that that was connected to Pastor 
Tom Andrews's church. And we're so glad that uh, many of you are joining us online. We welcome you. We see that Karen is online and Hazel and the Reeds and uh, Doxy and Stephen DeBolt and uh, Cindy Krause. Those of you that are joining, I probably won't have a chance to mention everyone's name, but thank you for joining and being a part of this discussion tonight. If you have any questions at all, uh, just make sure that you, uh, you just uh, type them in and let us know, and uh, we'll ask our panelists uh, these questions as they come in. But uh, let me go to uh, evangelist Mike Easter. Uh, Brother Easter, we so treasure your uh, perspective and your insight uh, into this situation and what all we've been going on. You know, we've been a part of a, a pandemic, and now uh, we see that uh, the nation is, is reeling from uh, this crisis that we're facing with uh, the social injustice and so forth that's a part of our culture and and what what is your take on all this how should the church be responding to what we see that's a part of our culture today well we definitely see the signs of the end time we should not be surprised at the depth of violence and hatred and prejudice all these things are the uh, the fruit of sin the, um, the Bible tells us these things were going to happen. Jesus warned us that when you see these things happen, um, it's time to look up because your redemption draweth nigh. We are in the last days. I am more convinced of that now than I've ever been before. And I think the thing that have really um, have shaken the whole world, is, first of all, is this, this virus, uh, this pestilence that have that have issued in this, this period that we're living in right now. Uh, the word is unprecedented. I mean, we've never experienced anything like this. What's going on? I believe God is trying to get our attention. Whether or not the virus is come from God or whether or not God just allowed it, it certainly didn't take him by surprise. Um, when I look at the scriptures, there's a verse in the Bible that I guess it's been my go-to verse ever since this thing got started. And that's the second Chronicles chapter seven. And uh, starting at verse 13, the Lord said, if I, if I would send a pestilence, and that's what this virus thing is, is a pestilence. He said, if I send this, if my people, which are called by my name, would number one, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. I think that's God's prescription for the problem that we're facing right now. But in order for people to be sensitive to that, they've got to read the Bible and not only read it, they've got to believe it and not only believe it, they've got to obey it. And we're living in a time now where I'm seeing so many church people running on emotion more than they are on the scripture. A lot of folks are asking the question, what, what should we do in relation to this tragedy in Minneapolis? Um, this is not the first time this has happened and it's not gonna be the last time this is going to happen. And if the church is gonna respond by making comments, uh, standing up against injustice and all these things that we're hearing, then we better get ready because it's going to be a nonstop thing. Um, I believe our response to this tragedy is already in the scriptures. It's already written. 
the Bible already gives us direction on how the church needs to respond. Now, my problem is that it seems to me that so many believers are, are forgetting that we are in a war and they are because of their lack of uh, uh, scriptural death, depth and, and, and following what the word says, they're following their feelings and they're following their emotions and you can hear it in their responses and, uh, and it's breeding division, it's breeding bad feelings. I mean, we got, we got people apologizing for sins that they've never committed. And then we got other people that are expressing such pride in who they are and what their heritage is that they forgot that the Bible says we are not of this world. Amen. You know, I mentioned we are in a war. Who is the enemy? The world is our enemy because the world is governed by the God of this world, the principality, Satan. He is the one that is, has charge over the world and the world system. Jesus said, the world hated me and the world is going to hate you. The world is not our friend. But all of these things that are happening, where is the source? Where is all of this coming from? Where is the pain coming from? Where is the racial prejudice coming from? Where is the violence coming from? It's coming from the world. And the world is, is I think the, the purpose of all of this is to bring a great distraction to the church. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. And a lot of people are saying, don't stick your head in the sand. We've got to do this. But where is the scripture? What does the Bible give us as examples? You know, in the early church, um, the world that the uh, disciples lived in was a way worse than what we're living in today. You talk about racial prejudice. They had racial prejudice. You talk about persecution and death. They experienced it in the church. And it was government sanctioned. I mean, they would break into a synagogue or a meeting place and arrest Christians and, and uh, persecute them and do all of these horrible things. But the church responded correctly the way God wants us to respond today. You know, some people think the Bible was written for them back then. No, the Bible is a living book and it gives us instructions on how to face this turmoil today. And if we don't get in the word, if we don't be determined to follow what the word tells us to do, and we follow emotions and follow what our heart is telling us, and you know the heart is wicked and the heart is deceitful, then brothers and sisters, I'm telling you what, we're gonna be so off base with what we are called to do that we're gonna be, we're gonna be caught up. The apostle Paul tells us, he warns us, don't be entangled. Don't, it's like a big spider web and it's pulling people in. It's pulling people in. Yeah, practically all day today, all over uh, our churches, everybody's entangled with this thing. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And people are getting more and more entangled. And the Bible instructs us, do not get entangled with the affairs of this life. This world is not our home. We're not black, wow. we're not white, we're not Spanish. You've been born again. You are a new creature. We have a new objective. We have a new government. We represent a different kingdom. Mm -hmm. Well, we need to take a stand. What do you mean we need to take a stand? It's obvious where we stand. We stand with God. <laughs> what is God stands? 
let me ask you this. When you look at the scriptures, and that's what we need to be doing, looking toward the scriptures, not looking at CNN, and not looking at MSNBC and all the commentaries. We need to be looking at the scriptures. What is the scriptures telling us? Jesus, his own cousin, John the Baptist, was arrested and put in jail. That was bad. He was in prison. What did Jesus do about that? Then John was executed, beheaded. What did Jesus do about that? Boy, if that happened today, saints all over the place said, you got to do something. You got to say something. You got to stand. They came to Jesus with a report. Said, Lord, did you hear what Pilate did to the Galileans? Aren't you Jesus of Galilee? Did you know what the, what, what the government is doing to your people, what these men are doing to your people? They took the blood of Galileans and mingled it with sacrifice. That's awful, Lord. What are you going to do about that? That's terrible. Jesus looked at them and he gave them an answer that they didn't want to hear. He said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. They didn't want to hear that. Well, how come your servants are not fighting? How come your servants are not involved in what's going on? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight? We need to be reminded who we are in this world. We're not here to affect social change. Jesus was here. He didn't do it. Our purpose is to seek and to save those that are lost. And now that we're at the very end, the devil is working overtime to get us off track. He's working overtime to get us off our purpose. And because we are more people of emotion instead of the word, we're following emotion. And I believe that we're in danger of getting off track. We need to put our affections back on things above, not things of the earth. And I know it's wrong and I know it's evil, but I'm here, I'm reading posts where they said, this has got to stop. This prejudice has got to stop. This, this evil has got to stop. Well, you might as well say sin has got to stop because that's just how much sense it makes. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. And we are at the we at the second tick from the midnight hour where that trumpet is going to be sound. Where are we going to be when the rapture takes place? I hear more voices proclaiming about injustice. I hear more passion about the death of this man. And there's nothing wrong with speaking out against injustice. But when your voice is louder than your voice speaking the gospel, something is out of order. Mm. We are not of this world. The devil is trying to get us off our purpose. He's trying to get our attention away from what we've been called to do. And I know that there are a lot of people that don't sound right, but social pressure is powerful. And the social pressure of the world is now trying to dictate to the church how we should feel, what we should say, even now what we should preach. We need to get back to the word. We need to get back to the scriptures. We need to get back to our, to our vision. And I think the, uh, the events of the world and the recent things is going to increase more and more. And, and, and all of this, all of this is a spiritual warfare. 
And we just have to be shaken. We have to go back to the word. We got to humble ourselves. Number one, we got to humble ourselves. It's not about what we think. It's not about what we want. It's about God, what are you thinking? What are you saying? I see so many opinions and so many people saying things and nobody's quoting scripture. Nobody's telling us this is what the Bible says. Everybody is, is reacting to their feelings and their emotions, their human impulses. And that's not where we need to be. We need to be spiritual minded. We're too close to the rapture to be taken off course now. But many will, many will fail in this test. We need to be preaching the gospel harder. We need to be reaching the laws harder. That's what we need to be talking about. And I believe it's a, it's a, it's a trick of the enemy. I believe in many ways it's being effective. When I look at Facebook and I'm reading some of the comments of church people, God is not being glorified in it. And some of the things they are saying I, I, it bothers my mind. I said, where, where is your allegiance? The world is not a good place. It's not going to be a good place. It's full of hatred. It's dark. But we are supposed to be the light of the world. Our reaction to what's going on shouldn't be the same as the world. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. You know what conform means? It means to be shaped to be molded, to be affected by the opinions and all the things that's out here in the world. Don't let the world shape you. Don't be conformed, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Quit thinking like you used to think when you was in the world. Quit fighting the way you used to fight when you was in the world. We are no longer in the world. We don't act like that no more. We're not that person no more. We have no allegiance, this whole racial thing. That's of the world. Do you realize when you were born again, you were born a new creature in Christ Jesus? It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're Spanish, whatever you are. If you are in the body of Christ, truth of the matter is you're not black anymore. Ooh, that, that, oh, I feel that already. Well, I'll tell you, somebody mad at me now. <clears throat> but the Bible says we are all now Jews. That's Did right. you know that? That's right. You're not a Jew outwardly, but you are a Jew inwardly because now you are part of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's got to be real. That's got to be something that sinks into our mind. We are not a part of this racial stuff that's going on. What they did to that black man does not affect me as a black person. I'm more than a black man. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of Abraham. So that don't, that don't tie me down to this. I've been set free. You've been set free. There's no black. There's no white. There's no Gentile. There's no all these divisions in the body of Christ. We are new creatures, new creatures, new creatures. We represent a different government. We are here for a limited amount of time to reach into this dark world and win souls. And that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be praying. We ought to be praying. And that prayer ought to be a prayer of peace to this world. We ought to be the light of the world. We ought to be the salt of the earth. The things we say ought to be seasoned with grace. 
Jesus felt for people. He felt their pain. He, he empathized with those that were suffering and hurting and being killed. And he felt all of that. Hallelujah. He's no different than us. But we need to model what he did about it. Jesus didn't go out and protest. He didn't go out and speak against every crime that man is capable of doing. He pointed to the kingdom. This ain't nothing but a test, church. This is a test. And this is not a time to play because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We are this close to the rapture. And the devil knows it. And you ought to know it. He's doing everything he can to shake the foundation of the church and get people that's not bound in the scriptures to follow their feelings and fall off. Before you know it, you got folks in church looking at the pastor sideways and looking at their other brothers and sisters sideways and apologizing for being white and, and, and being proud of being black. That's worldly. That's not God. And we need to shake ourselves and wake up. This is not happening just by happenstance. The, the, the pandemic, this, this racial divide, this is just the beginning. And if we don't get in the Bible, if we don't start looking at, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And I guarantee you, you're going to find that God has got a whole different way for us to deal with this. And it's not following our ways or what God calls our wicked ways. So brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, if we don't take this thing, we don't take this opportunity, and if we don't get in that word, we gotta be people of the word, not people of emotion, people of the word. We've got to get to the word. It's very clear, it's already written. Pick up the book of Ephesians, read through the book of Colossians, read through Philippians. It's all there, what we should be doing. And I don't see nobody writing, I don't see nobody reading the word. I see people talking. I see people just flowing from what they're feeling talking about all this stuff that happened in the past. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. What do you expect? And you know what? I'm glad it's not easy because you might be tempted to want to stay here. I don't want to stay here. There's nothing in this world worth missing the rapture over. And if we don't get in tune with the Holy Ghost, then some of us are going to miss the rapture. And that's the hour we live in here now. It's war. And you're going to get on one side or the other. You're going to either read the word and obey it, or you're just going to be religious. It's up to you. Wow. Brother Easter, I tell you, that is so powerful. I feel the Holy Ghost Amen. as you're talking. I feel like the Lord has given us some insight right now. And we this morning when we were in service, we were singing the song, I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. And it seemed like the Lord just, I feel the Holy Ghost just talking about this. But it felt like the spirit of the Lord just came in and just got our heads in the in the right way of thinking. As you said, you know, if, if we're carnal people, we react out of flesh. But if we're spiritual people, we react spiritually. And the way to react spiritually, in my estimation, is when the spirit of God comes in and we feel the presence of God, there's a desire to want to help other people to see the light. And to see the light that, to your point, we're born again. We're born into Christ. What is it that we can do as a church, Brother Easter, to help spread that light, even in times like this? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to get in the word ourselves. For an example, I, I was just reading this last night. Philippians chapter 2. 
at verse number 14. This is, this is the instruction of the word of God. Do all things without murmuring and without disputing. Do all, not some things, do all things without murmuring, complaining, and debate. Get that out of your system. Why should we do that? Verse 14, that you may be blameless, that you may be harmless, that you may be the children of God without rebuke. God don't want to rebuke you. And he said, I want you to do this. I want you to live like this in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We are required to be different, to act different, among whom ye shine as the lights in the world. Verse 16, this is how we should respond. Holding forth the word of life. Victor Jackson did it when he was out there in that crowd of people. He had his Bible in his hand. I said, that's it. That's it. Holding forth the word of life. Our opinions ain't going to save nobody. Uh, arguing not going to save nobody. Feeling sorry for how people treat us is not going to save nobody. But holding forth the word of life is what's going to do it. And, and the apostle Paul said, do this lest the work I've done on your behalf be in vain. Don't let it be in vain. We've got to follow the scripture. We've got to, we've got to pray. That's the power. That's, that's what's going to make the difference. That's God's recipe to end this mess. First of all, humble yourself. Second of all, pray. And when you pray, seek his face, repent and turn from your own ways. Don't do things your way. Make sure you're doing it God's way. And God's way is the scripture. And the scripture is, I can go from book to book to book, and it's full of instructions on how we should be responding. And I think pastors need to, uh, Bible studies need to be more um, precise as to how we should live everyday life. Because a lot of people aren't reading it on their own. I mean, it, it's amazing. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, this, this discipline has come upon the church because people have got too, cas too casual, they got too careless, they quit reading the Bible and they're holy and religious and all of this stuff but they're not, they're not following what the word says. We need to get back to living the word, obeying the word, and then we're going to see the results of the word guarantees. That's the only way it's going to change. That's the only way we're going to see anything happen worthwhile is we've got to be people of the word, not just the leaders, but all the saints. we got to encourage our saints, read the Bible, do what it says. Wow. We're talking with evangelist Mike Easter and, uh, Pastor Tom Andrews, who pastors Calvary Church in the Minneapolis area. So glad for many of you that are joining us in this very important topic that we are discussing tonight. We welcome Chris Rossetti, Brother Jerry Scott, the official family, Lenny Waite, McClary family, Veronique Worrell, Joey Holloway, Davida Dagan, Kevin uh, Veely, uh, Sister Bennett, Pamela, Jackie, Kip Margot, uh, Marjorie, Brother and Sister Spencer, Sister Bazin, Sister Dixon. We're so glad that all of you are are joining and if you have a question feel free uh, to submit your question and uh, we want this to be a interactive time uh, pastor andrews let me ask you you pastor uh, in the minneapolis area you pastor a multicultural church east wind here in palm bay is a multicultural church and we feel very blessed to have a multicultural church i wouldn't want it any other way we we uh, are blessed by the fact that we have almost 30 different nationalities represented 
uh, in our church. But, you know, to Brother Easter's point, Paul talking about it said, we're neither bond nor free. We're neither Jew nor Gentile. He even went so far to say we're neither male nor female. He's talking about the fact that when we come into Christ, that he is the common denominator that brings us all together. And those ties should be stronger than anything else. Do you feel like uh, Pastor Andrews and pastoring uh, Calvary Church, that there is a constant pressure from the world to try to divide us between, you know, uh, race or divide us between, uh, you know, political parties and all of this outside cultural pressure? Do you think part of that is a spiritual attack to try to divide us as the people of God? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would have to say that 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 the members of our church um, that are committed have a relationship with God. Uh, they 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 don't they don't buy into that, you know. Um, and I think uh, Brother Easter, you said it so uh, so clearly to the people that know the Word of God and they understand uh, and have a relationship with God. You know, they 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 don't they don't fall for this. And, and, but I will say that, yeah, there are, there are, uh, some people that maybe are on the fringes, uh, that, that do get swept up into this, but, but again, I, I mean, uh, brother Easter has nailed it. You've got to understand the word of God. You've got to have a relationship with God. Um, you know, and, and, and what better uh, day to talk about, you know, the, the solution for division, which is, you know, Pentecost Sunday, you know, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is that uniter, you know, that, 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 that fixes, you know, the, the problem that came to those that were at the Tower of Babel, which was the division of the languages. And so, you know, because of their, their, their motives were wrong, you know, they were, they were rebellious against God and, and God divided them. But yet Pentecost is that, that, that wonderful uh, experience, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is that uniter that brings us together. That's what makes us uh, neither Jew or Greek or, you know, like, like you said, male or even female. And, and, and it sure, surely uh, uh, th- doesn't make us any more black or white. And uh, I, I, I think, um, you know, to those that know God, um, they're, 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 they're strong, you know. And I think uh, I, I know for myself, just just thinking uh, right along the lines of uh, Brother Easter of this is this is preparing us. These are these are uh, things that are happening just before the second coming and the Lord is coming back. And, you know, I was just reading again recently, uh, you know, Jesus words uh, in Matthew 24, where the disciples had asked him, you know, are there are there some signals? Are there some signs that that we, we, when, once we see these, we will know that, that we're getting close to that day. And of course it was, it was interesting. Uh, you've probably heard this. I had never thought about this, but someone pointed out that, you know, where it talks about earthquakes and famines and pestilence, you know, that pestilence really is another word for uh, a plague or epidemic. You know, I mean, this, yeah. this is, a, this is a sign. Well, I thought that was awesome, but I got to tell you just, just a couple of days ago, I was reading, uh, it again, and I, I saw the words "nation will rise against nation," and I'd always thought of that as you know, well, like United States against China, and, and then it, and it talks about kingdom against kingdom. And I thought, well, that maybe that's just talking about the old uh, regime, the old governments. But but here's the thing: is as you look at the the Greek word for nations, it's ethnos. I mean, really, it, that's the word that we get the word ethnicity. And it seems to me, Jesus could have been warning us 
that one of the signs before his return is that there will be racial division and ethnic strife and, and that one uh, group will be warring against another group. And, and you know, I, I, I think the words that Jesus uh, shared there at the end are so important when, when he talked about the fig tree. And, and uh, he said, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know, that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things, know that it is near at the doors. And, and I think, you know, yeah, we've had a certain uh, degree of this type of thing happening, but it's building and, and we're seeing it intensify. And I just believe that it's just further, um, for those that know the word, it's further proof that we've got to get ready and I appreciate again so much what Brother Easter said about the church and the Lord seeing the church and, and just seeing that we, we've got some more preparation before we are ready for the trumpet of the Lord. And uh, I, I just think uh, these things that are happening, we don't want to get caught up in them. Uh, our church uh, is strong right now. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a unity uh, we haven't always had, but, but we've been through the fire. And there's a unity that's there, and and we don't we don't deal with um, the strife that the world is facing. And I think that's the way the church is supposed to be. That's supposed to be our witness and our testimony. You know that we love each other. It doesn't matter uh, what our background is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's so good, so good, Pastor Andrews. You know, uh, Brother Easter. One thing I wanted to um, uh, ask you about. I you know I was so impressed. You referred to. Uh, Brother Victor Jackson, who's uh, one of our evangelists in the United Pentecostal Church, and how um, he felt led to just go up there to the very scene uh, where this crime took place in Minneapolis with uh, George Floyd, and and just to preach, and then you know it was put on social media. I don't know how many seventy thousand people or whatever have seen it, but you know the thing that really struck me, and I'd like for you to comment on this, is that when he was preaching, there was such an authority. He was saying, I want everybody to pray. And, you know, this is a group that is not listening to anybody. And yet when, when, when this man of God, this evangelist, is standing there with the word of God and he's preaching righteousness to, to the, this group of protesters that's there, the tremendous authority. And, you know, I thought about the disciples. They, they, they would go into a situation, but they marveled at their boldness. There was an authority there. Do you think that that's really what the church is calling us to speak into these social issues with an authority and the authority comes from our message, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, uh, Paul wasn't missing words when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation. That is in just that statement alone can, can, can revolutionize the way we handle this thing. The power is not in politics. The power is not in trying to reason with people. The power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, Brother Victor, um, he went there on assignment from God. He felt a burden. He felt God leading him to do that. And the anointing was there. I mean, it, you know, that was, that was an example of how God could use anybody that is sensitive to him and obedient to his direction. God won't let you down. So it was the anointing. Now, I don't necessarily think it was because of the color of his skin. 
I believe God could have used a white man to do the same exact thing. It's not the man, it's the anointing. Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I am the one that's drawing the people. They came to him because it was Jesus that was drawing them. It was, it was the influence of his presence that drew them, amen, around Brother Jackson. So, you know, this is a spiritual battle. And, um, and we've got to be spiritually minded as we approach this thing. Um, you know, the power of God is not necessarily in the vessel that he uses. It's in the word that's in the vessel. And so we, we started speaking the word is the word that convicts and the word that draws and attracts. And, uh, and, if the, and the regular saint of God can be used just like that, but they got to get the word in them. And if, every, if all of us would be foot soldiers and say, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm, I'm sensitive to what you want us to do. And I'm talking about from the newest convert to the oldest saint. If we just become people of the word, not emotion, we're going to see miracles like we've never seen before. Hmm. You know, Brother uh, Easter, you were speaking about what it means to be ready for the rapture. And, and uh, Maxine Hartman asked this question. Is it true if we're not baptized in water, we will miss the rapture? Absolutely. The Lord is coming back for people that have made themselves ready. Part of being ready is being born again. With no exception, Jesus said, except a man is born again. That means no exceptions. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except you are born again of water and of the spirit, you cannot, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Being born again is one of the easiest things a person can do. All you have to do is repent of your sin and be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. That washes away every sin you've ever committed. And then God promises you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's water and spirit. And uh, to believe is to obey. Because Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And so you want to be ready for the rapture of the church because he's calling up his body to be united with the head and to be a part of the body. You can't join it. You've got to be born into it. And the body is the church. So absolutely, you must be baptized in Jesus name to be ready for the rapture. And you got to be filled with the wow. Holy Ghost. <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost. And this is Pentecost Sunday. And Brother yes, Easter, yes. I love what you said about how you, we can't let the culture distract us from what God's doing. And God's trying to get a church ready for the rapture. And that includes being spirit filled, being water baptized. And this is what God's plan is for all of us. Uh, Pastor Tom, I know uh, our time's getting away from us, but I just want to ask you this as we're getting close to the end of our, our time frame. You know, you talked about how Minneapolis, where you pastor, is an area that has some of the best uh, treatment facilities for people with addictions in, in, uh, in, I guess, all of our country, and uh, how even George Floyd was up there in Minneapolis because of the treatment facility had been referred up there from the Houston area, from an apostolic church there, uh, to, to get uh, treatment. Now, let me ask you this question. I know you're connected with this ministry. I know your church is, but when it comes to all of us as pastors, as Christians, uh, ministers of the gospel, 
what is our mandate in the culture that is it to preach the gospel and the gospel uh, does the work of uh, freeing people from their addictions? Or is there a more assertive role that we should take as pastors in helping people with addictions? Well, that, that's a great question. I think, uh, you know, just, just to consider first, first thing is I think it's a, it's a, it's almost overwhelming sometimes, uh, as a pastor to think about, you know, how, how are we going to make the impact, you know, that we want to make in our city? I mean, when I, and I, I consider our church and, and the other, uh, apostolic churches in, in, uh, in the twin cities, it seems like such a small, small group of people. Um, however, I told our church today, um, that, that, that nothing is impossible, you know, with God. And, and I also think that it's, it's important for us to, to be strategic. Um, and, and with this other pastor, it's, it's a strategic approach that I think, um, uh, we're, we're, we're fulfilling, uh, one part of the piece and then, and then he's fulfilling another part. And so I think any time that we can work together, that's obviously huge. Um, it's a it's a great benefit. I, I I've learned things from him, um, you know that that I would not have known. And and understanding more about the people that we're trying to reach. Uh, you know, I grew up in the church. I, you know, I, I had sin in my life, but I I've never drank, smoked. I I don't have I don't really have sometimes. Um, some of the real, real experiences, uh, personally, but these people in, in your life, you know, can, can help you as a pastor and, and they have, he has helped me so much and, and others in, in just this type of ministry. Um, but, but I think, I think being strategic with working with some others, uh, learning what you can, um, yes, the gospel works. I mean, it works. Um, we've had people and we have some that are in the church right now, that didn't go to treatment, um, they just showed up at church, and they they were hair. Uh, one, one particular lady um, who is an amazing prayer warrior. Um, she has a she has a tremendous anointing and gifting in her life for ministry. She's in Purpose Institute right now, preparing herself. Um, and and when she came to our church just maybe four years, five years ago, um, she came down to the altar. And we didn't know her story, but she reached in her pocket and pulled out a bag of heroin and handed it to our youth pastor who was praying for her and said, I'm never going to need that again. To find out her story, we, we realized she, she, she has been, had been a heroin addict for, I don't even remember how many years, but I mean, most of her life, uh, drug addiction. And she, she handed that off. Now, they say this stuff doesn't happen. They say that this, you know, is not possible, but I'm telling you, it's been several years now. Uh, she's in her fourth year of uh, Purpose Institute, and I'm telling you what, she hasn't had one small uh, lapse. She, she has, she's been like straightforward the whole way. I mean, it's amazing to see what God's doing in her life. I, I had her come up and help me preach one Sunday. I gave her one of my points. She's got an anointing. I mean, she's going to be a great preacher. Um, and, and, you know, she never went to treatment. Um, so, so to answer your question, you know, uh, I'm not against the treatment centers, obviously, but, but at the same time, all they really need is, is the miraculous. And we know 
that we have that available every time we come to the house of God. Every time a believer uh, is there to pray, uh, we have that potential. So, um, yeah, I think I, I don't think we have to have treatment centers. Um, I, I personally am thankful for them. Um, and uh, I just guess that's probably the best way I'd answer that. Wow, that's so good. You know, my takeaway from this and listening to Pastor Andrews and uh, Evangelist Easter is that we got to stay focused on preaching the gospel. Yeah. We can't get distracted. It's the answer for the ills of our culture, our society, the love of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel to change a life is still got to be paramount in our thinking and our boldness in the stands that we take. We've got to flow in the spirit. And uh, Brother Mike Easter, I just want to ask you, would you mind just praying over us as we are uh, closing out this time tonight? I'd ask that you would just pray uh, that God's hand would be upon all of us as Christians. Hallelujah, Father. God, we come before you today, Lord, in this great hour, a great hour of apostolic power and dimension like we've never seen before. The possibilities of what you have in store for us is just incredible. I pray, Lord, that every child of God be sensitive to your moving of your spirit. Yes. That God, that not only we flow by your spirit, but we flow by the word. Hallelujah. We need the word and the spirit together, Lord. I pray, Lord, for every hungry heart to be filled, every thirsty soul to be filled. Lord, we ask that your word will guide us and lead us through these turbulent times. And that's what we need more than ever. God, bring a revival, yes. Lord God, of obedience. Let a spirit of obedience fall upon your people, Lord God. Help mm -hmm. us, Lord God, to take to our heart what your scripture has promised, that if we would walk in humility, Lord, that we would walk, Lord, in a, in a spirit of prayer, Lord God, seeking your face, a relationship with you more than anything else. We know, God, you will hear and you will forgive and you will heal the land and we will have great, great revival like we've never seen. Lord, protect us. Keep us, Lord, in the middle of your will. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Easter. You've been listening to Pastor Tom Andrews, Pastors Calvary Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Evangelist Mike Easter, that's been such a voice for this generation and uh, such a powerful minister of the gospel. And I want to remind you that tomorrow night, uh, we'll be focusing on uh, youth ministers this week, our young people. A lot of our young people have not had a chance to have graduation ceremonies, but we believe we got a mighty army of young people that are rising up and they are bold with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Dylan Morgan is going to be preaching tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And then on uh, Tuesday night, uh, Brother Caleb Herring. And then live uh, back at East Wind Campus on Wednesday night at um, 7 uh, PM for prayer. And then brother Tyler Ritchie is going to be ministering as well. So we're excited. We know that God's got great anointing and revival next Sunday. Brother Josh Herring will be with us. We're going to have revival in the middle of all this. We're going to <laughs> preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We love you and uh, we're thankful for your ministry and uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, everyone again. God bless you now. In Jesus. God bless you.